Welcome back to Podcast of the Week. I am joined by Ken. Hi, I'm Ken. He's he's the co-host of the now defunct The Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. The on temporary, possibly permanent hiatus. We said po- we've po- said possibly permanent after the Rumble, Ken, and that was three months ago. Gar, it's never dead if it's still in our hearts. Okay, that's true. That's true. So we're going to do WrestleMania predictions real quick. It's it's currently nine twenty as we record this in Irish time, which is about 40 minutes before the show starts. We're going to do quick predictions because you don't want to hear us listen to a show, predict results of a show you've already watched or maybe haven't watched, but who cares. And then we're going to bask in how wrong we were when we do the full review right after the break. So starting with Neville versus Austin Aries. Ken, prediction. I'm going to go with a Neville retain here. I'm going to go Aries title change. You think so? It's his first match. He has to win the title. Well, there's that, but I think they want this feud to have legs. And So you do rematches after he loses the title? Yeah, I guess so. I feel as if... They, I have they... punctured your logic. Okay, let's move on then. <laughs> let's move on. We have Andre the Giant. Battle Memorial, Battle Memorial Royal thing. Words. Gar, I Braun Strowman. That's the fourth annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Braun Strowman. It's going to be Sami Zayn. He's not winning. This match is made for a face-off between the two of them. Is it? It what is. about Small Joe? What about Small Joe's Everything saying? That's a thing. Yeah. Samoa is Small Joe officially in this Samoa match? Small Joe's been basically relegated to glorified valet. He is the Miss Elizabeth of WrestleMania 33. He's not in this match. Though, then again, they lumped about seven people out of it today. Yep, they removed seven people from the card. But they did add Tian Bing from China to try and get the Chinese And fans. Big Demo. And Big Demo was in there, oddly enough. Even though he's active, actively involved in an NXT feud. But Who cares? You pick Sami Zayn. Yeah. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. I'm going contrarian here. I'm going Bray Wyatt. Randy Orton is heavy favourite. I'm I'm going to stick with Randy Orton because they're stupid enough to do it even though nobody wants to see it. You see, I, I figure of the top matches, there's, there's Wyatt Orton, Goldberg Lesnar and Reigns Undertaker. I think one of them has an upset because they all currently have heavy favourites. Yeah. I'm predicting two of them have an upset, but that's another thing. But I think one of them will have a result that's not the current favourite. I think that's most likely to be Bray Wyatt. Okay. Anyway, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. We're going by Wikipedia order here, by the way, in case you're wondering why we went from like the Battle Royal to the main events and we're going to end on the women's match. So, Goldberg against Brock Lesnar. I'm going ballsy, Ken. I'm going to predict Bill Goldberg. I'm going to say he drops the belt on Raw tomorrow. Ken is pondering with his pondering face. I'm going to say Lesnar's going to win it and he's going to drop the belt at WrestleMania to either... Finn Balor or Kevin Owens. It's a big prediction. That's that's like a big left field one. I, I just have a feeling that they don't want to keep the felt on a part timer for that long. Mm-hmm. It's a valid hypothesis that they might do it the next night on Raw. But I feel like like because they go for WrestleMania moments and there's two people that have a legitimate claim to a rematch, I think it gives them an out to kind of get out of the scenario where a part timer continues with the belt. Or Goldberg just vacates it and they do a tournament. Pro- uh, yeah. Could do that. Yeah, I'm gonna still go with Lesnar though. The Undertaker against Roman Reigns. Reigns wins. The Undertaker shows him respect. They live happily ever after. People are mad because they want him to turn heel and he's not going to. No, but uh, Reigns is going to win after several spears. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think our, what we're doing is we can agree on some of them, so mm-hmm. we don't have to we don't have to pick opposite ones. But I suppose the ones with the draws don't count. So then uh, we will count the ones where. I don't even know what you're saying anymore. I don't even know what I'm saying. Gar, I want to know. I want to, the viewers. Viewers. I don't people even know what I'm watching us. The ghosts. I thought I saw a ghost the other night. By the way, 
I was like six in the morning and I woke up with with a start and I thought I saw someone in that corner of the room and the door opened and then I looked again and there was no one there. So Ken, could have been a ghost, could have just been me dreaming, could have been me going crazy, could have been any of those things, Ken. Anyway, back to my point. The reason that I'm not very coherent at the moment is that I've been fasting all day in anticipation of WrestleMania in our annual tradition of serial gluttony. Yes. Super nummy mania. There's there's nummy mania. Like there there's nummies, there's nummy mania, and then like there's super nummy mania, which is what we're doing this year. And we may die of diabetic comas. You may never hear our review show. Yeah, this may never actually go up because uh, I might die. Just fall into a sleep and never wake up. Seth Rollins against Triple H. Seth Rollins has to win. Seth Rollins yeah. is winning. That's that's cut and dry. They would never be. That's stupid. Don't Triple H. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, there's a scenario here where I should win, and then next year go on to main event WrestleMania again. Yeah, and and then you know heat me up so someone can beat me. Yeah, Rollins winning. AJ Styles against Shane McMahon. Again, this is one of those that like Styles is heavy favorite, but like Shane can win. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Shane. Are you gonna pick Shane? I'm gonna yeah. pick AJ. I'm gonna yeah. stick with AJ. But like realistically, as I said, the result of this match doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I feel as if that they're kind of setting it up for Shane to get a kind of a kind of his win back from last year. Not that it matters. I just think that you know him being the face in the story. Probably they want that feel good moment. I know Eric quotes. Right God, now. there's so many matches in this show. Yeah. Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax. I'm gonna go Sasha going heel on Bailey and winning the title. Fair prediction. Just to be contrarian, I'll just pick Bailey retaining. God, her beating Charlotte at WrestleMania would have been a moment. God damn it, WWE, and you stupid crappy being bad at things. Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Owens wins the title. Yeah, but why? I don't know. Why does this match exist? <laughs> I would have had this match non-title because the title. Well, is... I, I would have had this match being for the WWE Universal Championship, but but in the situation that we're in now, I wouldn't have had it for this title because it just seems like kind of a backdrop to the whole thing. I'm gonna go with Jericho. I think Jericho's gonna win. Jericho has a history of winning matches he probably shouldn't at WrestleMania. Exactly. There's the Edge one. There's the uh, the AJ Styles match. So you know, it's not unprecedented for Jericho to win when he probably shouldn't. And he's a face in this scenario, and they don't like too many downer moments at WrestleMania. So yeah, John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. John Cena and Nikki win, and they propose. I think it's too obvious. I think too many people have talked about it and they, that they think it's going to happen now. And I think that we're going to have a Miz and Marie sneaky heel win. Nah. <laughs> yep. Ha- gonna, happy ever, happily ever after, Ken. I'm going to be contrary here. Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin, who the hell cares? I I, I, do I have to predict somebody? I forgot this match was even on the I, f- I keep forgetting. And this, I, like, if there, I was thinking if there's any match that's going to be bumped to the pre-show, it's this and it's somehow still going. It's going to get, but you know, there was a match moved back onto the main show from the pre-show. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Corbin, I'm going to Corbin, go Corbin. Probably, I'm not yeah. sure. I can't see Ambrose's reign continuing. There's no point in it. It's been pointless. It's been probably as pointless, if not more pointless, than his WWE title run. Yeah, I think they paired to Ambrose against Wyatt after after WrestleMania. Uh, Luke Gallows against and Carol Anderson against Enzo and Cass against Sheamus and Cesaro. And actually, no, I was going to say three teams that don't actually have names, but. Luke Gallows Anderson are called the club in a triple threat ladder match for the world tag team titles ladder match spots bumpiness Enzo and Cass give them their moment yeah I think they're, they're going to get their moment but just to, to disagree with you I think it's going to be a retain you think well, okay you, you can agree with me if you want I agree to. with you that I think that's a likely scenario but we, we've uh, disagreed on enough that, that one of us is going to lose <laughs> yeah so but I want to I don't want to agree on everything so I, I feel as if that they kind of basically they dropped him out for a long time and if they took the titles off now it just well they yeah you know 
Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Mickey James, and Carmella in a six pack challenge. And Naomi. I left out Naomi. Naomi came back on SmackDown. Yes, uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. There was rumors that they're, they're, they just lump another bunch of women in here, and they probably they might still. Like the, the, the match, matches aren't rigid at WrestleMania, as you tend to find out. Yeah, they, if can, they can get a moment in there, they will. They'll just change things on a whim. But the fact that they moved us back onto the main card, I think it's going to have a bigger moment than it would have when it ha- on the pre show. And. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Keep going. Catch a tiger by it. Are you just saying that the SmackDown Women's Division is interchangeable, Gary? Okay? Yeah, I'm going to go Naomi. I don't really. No. <laughs> but she's supposed to have the title, wasn't she, before she got injured? Yeah. Get this, Gary. Beth Phoenix wins the title. No, I don't think she wants them. <laughs> I think she's there's, done. There's rumors that she was negotiating, so... She's done. Her, and, her, Hall of Fame. her and Edge are just living okay. in the... If Beth Phoenix doesn't win the title, I'm going to go with Natalia. You, uh, and, okay, I'll, I'll allow you this. I'll allow you to pick other. Would you like to pick other? Other, okay. You're going to pick other? It doesn't have to be Beth Phoenix, but I'll let you pick other. Nice. I'm, I see how generous I am. We've done ten minutes on predictions, nonetheless. Those, those are our predictions... I have predicted better than he has, of course. I have made some unnecessarily ballsy predictions. Yes, wherever you are, or if you're in the stadium right now, enjoy WrestleMania. We will. Well, Ken, they're going to hear this on Monday and or well, Monday. I'll get up uh, Monday. I'll get this up on Monday. They're not going to be in the stadium right now, Ken. The sentiment is still nice, Gar. Yeah, Tanner's there and Sam's there. Pretty much everyone that's been on this podcast is there right now. Rob is there, except me. And and Robbie Fox is there, and you're not there, and Barry's not there, and I don't think Keith Harris is there either. Or the guy from... I don't know about the guy from Blarity Castle again. He could be anywhere. Could be anywhere now at this point. He could be dead for all we know. But but more people that have been on this podcast than not are at WrestleMania right now. So, you know. Yeah, enjoy it and come right back to hear our review. Full review. Words. Mouth. Me. Ken. Let's see how wrong we were. Very. Hello there, Gary here. Brief interlude, we're about to talk about our predictions and forget what we predicted. I did the maths, I won 5-3. So one, suck it Ken, and two, yes we have very bad memories. On with the WrestleMania review. Welcome back to Podcast of the Week, it is the day after WrestleMania, we are talking about WrestleMania. I have had far too little sleep, because some of us had to get up this morning, this morning being like 10 o'clock, which is really not that early. But still, the show didn't end till 5 a.m. It was seven hours long. Ken didn't get up like half two in the day. Because Ken, Ken's lazy. First of all, it was half one. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm really tired, Garrett, because I only got seven hours sleep. First of all, on our predictions, I believe I won. Yes, you did. I think uh, I was six to five, I think. I think it was six to five. Unless we've misadded, but... Which is... There's a chance that's happened, but... We can chart it up again as we go and we'll see. Maybe. If we remember what we predicted. <laughs> But yeah, WrestleMania, the headline thoughts, Ken, what you think? First half was good, second half was terrible at times. I feel like it was a wave. So like the first, it got off to a great start, then kind of dropped off a cliff, and then kind of pulled up towards the end, and then went down towards the end again. Well, when you say pulled up, Lesnar and Goldberg was good. And then it went down again. And then the rest of the show was kind of crap. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Pre-show, who cares? Yes, but we will do it for the sake of posterity, Gary. I always want to skip the pre-show, and you're always like, Ooh, we'll do the pre-show. Give me your deep thesis on Neville against Austin Aries, Ken. It was a match that wasn't nearly as good as it could have been. They got plenty of time, too. Fundamentally, it was a good wrestling match. Yeah, and they, there, there was physicality there. They took silly bumps at times. Austin Aries landed on his head from, was it a German suplex? Yeah. Just right in his head. Not a good idea. Don't do that, folks. It got a decent amount of time. I think it had the right result if you want to prolong the feud as well. It suffered from pre-show syndrome. You know, the crowd were like, 
you're out there wrestling, but we're like half paying attention to you. Yeah. And when well, you do some cool stuff, we kind of poke up. But other than that, we're just kind of like here and you're here. We're just kind of both here. Basically, like that pre-show portion is where you focus on getting your selfies in so that you can prove that you're at WrestleMania and make your friends jealous. Get some snacks. Yeah. Maybe work out how the hell you're going to see the show yeah. when you realize that your seats are like really far back and you can't actually see anything you spend most of the show watching the screen but then you kind of you try to train yourself not to watch the screen because you're like I'm at WrestleMania I don't want to spend the entire time standing in a room with 75,000 people staring at a screen and then you still end up gravitating back toward the screen because that's the way those large gigantic buildings work more like Antmania am I right? Antmania that's even better damn it (laughs) nailed it Uh, Neville won you predicted that I predicted Austin Aries you were right so I went up one nail so I actually went out to quite a good lead early on and then it kind of crumbled mm-hmm. but uh, no it was a fine wrestling match I think I think it got good towards the end but like for like the last like literally like 50 seconds but like, like right at the end is like the, 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 the cool little sprint and then it ended <laughs> well, I think we mentioned this before like why is the cruiserweight division built on like grappling and rest holes and especially when like it, it, the style is dramatically different from like WWE's house style these days which is generally high impact fast paced yeah it's like ever since the the ORH kind of invasion, we've had the TNA invasion since. But ever since that ORH influx, the, the style has evolved toward a more hard hitting style and fast paced style. And the cruiserweights, for some reason, are still just grabbing holes and working slow paced, boring matches. This was weird. And Neville's done a good job recently. Neville's been really good, but this this match did nothing for me. Yeah, I think they're trying to be wrestlers. I think they're kind of move, trying to move away from their kind of flippy. It's evolved. Thing. It's evolved's fault. That's it's, yeah. it's all evolved's fault. They want to kind of do be you known as wrestlers and serious kind of competitors. I, I really don't think they think they think that much about it. But no, but I, I just feel as if they they're going for kind of that legitimacy rather than the kind of shock factor or whatever. But factor. it's the most exciting hour on television. Can it is near neither exciting an hour nor on television. It's usually about fifty two minutes. It airs on the internet, and it's not very exciting. It's a lie. Two or five live is a lie. Can I think to sum up, if I had saw, seen this on TV, I would have been okay with it. But it wasn't WrestleMania. Yeah, pre-show. I don't care about the Battle Royal. Mojo won, which is nice, but, like, who cares? Basically, that Battle Royal is only important when they have someone cool in it they want to... But it was important the first year when they tried. And ever since, it's just like, let's just do it again, I guess. It meant so little that when Mojo won, he didn't even pose with the trophy or anything. It just kind of well, cut away. The trophy is very large and yeah. probably made out of chocolate. He won with an assist from Rob Gronkowski, if I'm saying that correct. Or who? the Gronk. Who? He plays for the New England Patriots. Who? I don't know football. I was doing the preview podcast with Rich and he started talking about baseball and I fell asleep. They did turn the match on its head very early because basically everyone thought it's going to be the Braun Strowman match and he got eliminated pretty early on. Yeah. It should have been. So he, went, he, he didn't even like, he threw some people out but he didn't really have like that impressive a showing. So he went from like big feud with Roman Reigns looking like he's going to be a top player to not even being on the show and, and then the match that was supposed to be his match getting eliminated basically after two or three minutes I think it was. Yeah. He didn't last very long. And getting bumped, Ken, Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin. I said I was absolutely shocked if, if you listen, you did listen to it, because this is this is the same podcast, even though recording on a separate days. But when you listen to the start, I was like, I'm absolutely shocked this didn't get bumped to the pre-show. Guess what? Got bumped to the pre-show. It just wasn't WrestleMania-worthy, really. Corbin is terrible. We've gone over this before. And, they, and the, the, the ironic thing was that they spent the whole Battle Royal, like, trying to build up the Battle Royal or its importance by saying it's prestigious and it's a launching pad and Look at Baron Corbin, he, he won the Battle Royale last year, and now he's challenging for the Intercontinental title this year, and then he got bumped to pre-show. 
Yeah, I made a jab on Twitter. It's like, oh, all, all that monumental momentum from him when going from the pre-show to the pre-show. But the Battle Royale was on the main card last year, Ken. It was. So, in fact, the better tweet would have been going from the main card to the pre-show. The tweet would have worked better if it was actually more factually accurate. Nonetheless, Ambrose won. That was actually the only real upset up and down the card, I think. Yeah. Obviously, the Hardys won, but they weren't announced for the match beforehand. Stop burying the league, Gar. Oh, for God's sake, people know that happened. This but would, yeah, this, uh, would been a good, this would have been a good SmackDown main event, I no, think. No, it wouldn't. It would have been a mediocre SmackDown main event. I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was good match. It was fine, but like, name something that happened in this match. He did an elbow to the outside. He does that in like four of his matches a month. You'd be quiet. Yeah, it was a match. It existed. It happened. It was over. Speaking of not existing and the best match on the show, not even close, AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon did a shooting star, Ken. Are you saying this is the best match on the card? It was the best match You're on the card. You watching the same match as I did. What What do you think was the best match on this card? I, I don't know, but it's not this. It was by far this. It wasn't even close. Shane looked feeble as hell out there. Shane looked fantastic. He, he did his dopey punches. He did his faux MMA. Great fun. Then he dived through a table. Did the coast to coast. Did a freaking shooting star press, Ken. He's a 46-year-old man. He couldn't do that when he was young. He did it as a 46-year-old man. Brock Lesnar dropped himself on his head when he did that. Shane McMahon, better than Brock Lesnar. He didn't land on his head. He over-rotated on its own. I'll give you, I'll give you the shooting star, Gar. I will give you this the shooting star. This was the best star. match in the show. Shut it up wasn't, a second. It I'm wasn't even close. I'll give you the shooting star, but he leaned too far into the MMA stuff and it looked shit. Yeah, but AJ saw this fantastic and he made it work. This, this was like, it wasn't even close. There was nothing on the show that came near this. Are you blind? No. And you're you're the outlier here, Ken. Most people really like this match. You're the you're, one like you're, you're drinking the AJ Styles Kool Aid. If you if you take an aggregate of star ratings of this match, you'd hover around four stars, I'd imagine. The Voices of Wrestling review: I went the highest. I went four and a quarter. Rich went four, and, and Warren went to three and three quarters. So you get out of here with your "this wasn't a good match" nonsense. You're just like, I don't like Shane. Why did why he do MMA? Oh, blah, 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 cry tears of cry cry. Three stars. It's not the- so bad. Speaking of the second best match on the show, Kevin Owens against Chris Jericho. Also, very, very good match. So smart. I thought it was kind of strange the kind of way they kicked off with this AJ Styles Shane match, and they went into Kevin Owens versus Jericho. They basically did the two best matches on the show first <laughs> because these matches seemed like they were kind of middle of the card matches. Well, Shane is like, uh, in fairness, the way you watched AJ and Shane, they I'm not going to say got rid of the shortcuts because they they went there in the end. But they, they limited them because, obviously, Seth Rollins and Triple H needed them, and so did Undertaker and Reigns, as it turned out. They all needed shortcuts in their matches, so Shane got robbed of some of his hokey shortcuts, but he made up for it with his magnificent MMA skills, Ken. And AJ Styles just being amazing. God, you that's a bad take. It's your worst, your worst take in the history of, like, the TWS network. You're such a bully. I'm bullying you. Yeah, well, yeah, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho. They basically did the match where they countered all their stuff because their best friends were pretending not to be best friends anymore. But they proved they were best friends again by knowing each other like the back of their hands. And they had a really good match. Totally great story. And the only thing I kind of criticized this match for was, I know Jericho was, was a United States champion and they kind of want to kind of make that prestigious or at least try to make it seem relevant. But it really didn't need this title on the line so you, you would have preferred it to be like the, the freaking Usos having the tag titles in the Battle Royal and nobody cares no but I, I wouldn't have, I would have had a non-title because that was not really the issue but they kind of shoehorned it in they were like I'm going to take your title because you took away my title basically that makes perfect sense if that's a pretty solid story <laughs> if Kevin Owens still had the Universal title I would be in favour of this being the Universal title match but I just feel like it was an afterthought in the match in the end oh it was but like why not have it there <laughs> The US title's not going to get a singles match that often. Like, the Intercontinental title barely got a singles match here. It existed. It happened. 
But um, what, what's your star rating for this match here? Three and three quarters. Are we doing star ratings kind of on the podcast? Yeah. We're doing star ratings. Well, like I already gave my star. You have to go to the Voices of Wrestling review to get my star ratings, Ken. But maybe you, in the in the cold light of day, you change your mind. No, I'm I'm like borderline delirious. I've slept like four hours in the last two days. Just like who who are you? What are you doing? I, I thought it was a good match. I thought I thought it, it maybe missed a little bit of that kind of extra gear, that animosity, kind of to pay off. It, it could of, have been angrier. Yeah, yeah. This, this was a blood feud. He threw him into a television. I mean, like, really, like, like it built up over such a long period of time. It really could have been kind of... It felt like it should have been more passionate, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But that's the only kind of criticism I have. It was, it was a really enjoyable match. Jericho's had a great year, in fairness to him. I don't like saying that about Jericho, because Jericho's rather self-indulgent, and he'll tell you that about himself. But uh, I think some of that's an act, though. Yeah, so three, three and a half for me. Bailey defeated uh, Charlotte, Nia Jax, and Sasha Banks in a match that happened. People liked this match. I didn't care for this match much at all. It was like super rushed, and like it's just I can't get over the fact that they did the Bailey title change last month. It's so stupid. It's like the, the company is about moments and WrestleMania moments, and this this this, this woman having her, her childhood dream come true, defeating the undefeated Charlotte finally on pay per view to take the women's championship. That's your bloody moment, and you just do it last month, and then you just have a win this month that no one cares, and it happens, and we move on. I felt like I think you described it very well on Voices of Wrestling. Go to Regards review if you haven't seen it already. Mm. Uh, this match was basically in fast forward. Yeah. It, it kind of basically rushed through everything. Uh, I think it's that symptomatic of both women's title matches on the night. But uh, another thing I noticed. Well, in was, fairness, the other one only got five minutes. They, they were like, go out there for five. Like this one got twelve at least. And they kind of called back a lot of the stuff from last year, which kind of I, I can I can appreciate once, but they kind of did it a few times. Like, I think they kind of basically try to repeat the formula with an extra person and it didn't really work and they rushed the Nia Jax stuff because like Nia Jax because like Nia Jax got beaten by Sasha Banks last month yeah. and then they're presenting her as this unstoppable monster that needs to be teamed up on it's like she got beaten by one of these people last month why should I care about three of them three of them can obviously beat her then and they all pile up on her and pinned her I think it was about three or four minute mark I'd say she it was it. pretty quick she didn't even like have that period of dominance that kind of justifies it's like oh it makes sense that they're teaming up it's just like she Kicked a, kicked them a couple of times, and then say, like, "Okay, yeah. beat her." It was fine. It didn't. It didn't detract from the card. That's kind of the best thing I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't make me mad at anything. It so. didn't make things worse. Uh, so uh, two and a half for me. Uh, the Hardys showed up. Not the Broken Hardys, because Anthem will sap you with a cease and desist. They'll send the owl after you can. The owl will pluck out your eyes like like a King Lear from the Shakespeare play King Lear. And owls are silent, so you'll never see him coming. Yeah, so not the Broken Hardys, but Matt and Jeff Hardy, Team Extreme, the Hardy Boys, with a Z, Boys, won the World Tag Team titles against three teams that didn't matter. <laughs> it's like the second the Hardys came out, it's just like, nobody cares about the rest of you teams. It's, this is the Hardys show. And they were probably the most popular act on the entire show. Yep. So uh, go TNA. <laughs> biggest pop of the night. Um, by the way, Gar, we forgot to update people on our bet on who could predict the most wins oh yeah we both got the, the battle royal wrong yeah uh, I picked Corbin you picked Ambrose yeah so I got that right um, I picked Styles you picked Shane yeah I don't remember how I went I think I picked Owens yeah did we both pick Owens no I picked I picked Owens you, no I can't remember it say the, the, the yeah say the, the, we're very professional we're on top of things. It's not like we wrote things, these things down. Yeah. Last night we we did this podcast and then we ate pizza. It was actually literally, uh, not literally. It was about twenty three hours ago. I was going to say it was twenty four hours ago to the time to the, on the button because I had to work today. Because, uh. but yeah, 
That, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, the Hardys one. I didn't love the ladder match. People really liked this match. I thought it was, like, on the lower end of WrestleMania ladder matches. It was a good match. It wasn't like, whoa. When you have four teams, it's always going to be a bit chaotic. And Well, the, they've had really good three-team ladder matches. <laughs> My point is, what's this match clocking at 11.05? Yeah. There's a lot to get in in 11 minutes. Like, if that match had 15, even 20 minutes, you could have had that kind of upper echelon ladder match. But, it, like... I suppose, like, some people complain, like, because people, I suppose people hold WrestleMania to a higher standard in, in the fact that they think that every match should be blow away, but, like, not every match is there to be a blow away match, and every, not every match on WrestleMania can be that match. So, I think it fitted for what it's sh- the purpose that it was there for, and obviously had that great moment with the Hardys, it was entertaining. And, uh, yeah, but the three stars for me, Gar. Yeah. Three and a half for the, for the return, actually. We'll give it three and a half. I, th- I, th- I think people are, like, caught up in the moment, which is cool. I think and this, Jeff jumped up the ladder, so yeah, because Jeff is a madman who I, has utterly broken knees that don't work, and he's just like, I'll just throw myself off things to make up for it. I think at this point in the night we became tied in our predictions. I seem to remember. Uh, probably, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you, you audience, don't know. Yeah, tell us. I, I, we think it was six five. That was our our, our add up by the end. But you can tell us on Twitter at Garrickinnyga or ettkidnyy. Yeah, I've already say or is weird. Rob gave out to me about that once. Do you or, or or and then he made me like self conscious about it, and I was like, I don't say or is weird. Rob, leave me alone. Yeah, well, Rob Reed's got long hair, so there. Sure, he does. Yeah, I I usually have longish hair. You're just being mean spirited. I'm taking it a peg or two, Gar. How dare he? I'm I'm, I'm so enraged. I can't even <laughs> speak. Can't even get words. How out. dare? How dare? Gar, I love you. You're my brother, and I will kick his ass for you. I, I wouldn't in want podcasting to. terms. I'm I not going to actually go and fight him. But I'm gonna like hurt his feelings with my words. Why would you want to hurt Rob's feelings? He's a nice guy. Well, but he was mean to you. Yeah, but he's still a nice guy. Can we don't solve our problems? Eye for an eye the Bible says it. it. Makes the whole world blind. It's Jeebus. It's Jeebus right there. How Jeebus do you? What was next? John Cena and Nikki Bella proposed. Who cares? Move on. Well, actually, it was a nice moment. It was cool. But it like... was a nice moment. And John Cena was cool as you like doing it as well. Yeah, he's super charming. It's like God. Why are you so nice and charming? Curse you. News is right. You're a perfectly manufactured public profile. This match existed for that purpose, but I still would have liked to have seen a bit more of a competitive match for nah, them. I Mi- wouldn't. I don't care. For the Miz. Because I think <laughs> they, the Miz they, they, they had their WrestleMania main event, and they, they was a shit show. It was terrible. They they, they, they they laid a goose egg in the middle of the ring in freaking Atlanta. I was there in person. That match sucked. So they don't get a second chance. In fairness to them, and to their, much to their relief, it's been usurped as possibly one of the worst WrestleMania events. Oh, well, events Triple H is at like four worst WrestleMania main events, isn't that? Um, Anytime no. Triple Has Triple H had a good WrestleMania main event? Oh, he said two. No, one. He had the Benoit one. That one was yeah, great. That was pretty great. But that doesn't exist anymore. That so. had, had Shawn Michaels in it, so you know. Or that was, a, that, that was a singles match between Triple H and Shawn Michaels that went to a non-finish, of course. But yeah, they proposed. It was nice. Miz went down very well with the crowd in this match, actually. Got pretty solid pop. Yeah, Miz was one of the more popular people on the show. Good for him. He had a good year. He deserved it. Yeah. Seth Rollins defeated Triple H in a match that was 25 minutes long, which is about 25 minutes longer than it probably needed to be. Insufferably long. You like this match, which is your second worst take in the history of this podcast network. It's just like Triple H doing his punch and his stomp and the freaking knee injury. He hurt his knee doing the thing he hurt his knee doing in the first place, but you're like, that's a knee callback. But then when you think about it, what a bloody dope. It's like, yeah. why am I supposed to feel sorry for this dope hurting himself the way he hurt himself the first time? Did he not learn a thing? Gary, he's brave because he's not fearful of doing that move uh, because he's he's willing to do anything it takes to put down Triple H to his his his, his oppressor he's a and dope. his assailant. Dope. 
What are these? What are they even arguing about anymore? I, that's the thing I was thinking about the other day. It's like, what are these two mad about? Wrestling. Actually, can you work it? Uh, I remembered what it was that they're mad about, but what what was the initial thing that made these two mad at each other? Um, when Ron's got injured, was it? Or no. that's what it was presented as on screen, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, I'm going to sit here until you work out if until you can actually remember what the hell these two hate each other for. Did he, is it because he chose Kevin Owens as the new? Yeah, player? that was the thing. He screwed Rollins and chose Owens, but like yeah. by the time they got to WrestleMania, it's like. I forgot that even happened. This was the longest match on the show. Yeah, it didn't and Gar- you do me a disservice here because I didn't say I liked it. I just said for a modern Triple H match, it was one of the less terrible ones. That's that's a high that's a high bar. It's not as bad as his shit shows with Brock. Great, great, great work. Or his his utterly dreadful match. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as the utterly dreadful match with Reigns last year. Rollins did try to give it some energy. He did try his best, and I thought I thought I thought it rose to an acceptable level. Stephanie by McMahon took the biggest bump in this match for the love of God. Triple H is just there doing his dopey stomps and working his pace straight out of the bloody nineteen seventies. It's like get over yourself, Triple H. It's twenty seventeen. At least they had the right result, but he's still using the pedigree, which I find kind of strange. He doesn't even do a good pedigree. That's the problem. It always yeah. looks a little like clumsy, a little oafish. But um, probably the bigger story of this match, conspicuous by his absence, Samoa Joe. Well, yeah, not on the show at all. Yeah, coming in as this big destroyer guy. He wasn't that big Triple a destroyer H's, guy. Triple H's guy, like his new kind of right hand man, his crony. And nope, didn't appear in the night at all. A lot of people expect him to interfere in this match. Yeah, and then Balor to run him off or something like that. But that yeah. didn't happen. Balor will show up on Raw, probably. And Samoa Joe will probably show up on Raw, I guess. He's a, he's a Raw guy, so I guess he's going to show up on the show he's on. He was on, Well, he hasn't been there in recent weeks, has he? I can't remember seeing him. I, I don't watch Raw. <laughs> he was backstage though at WrestleMania. It must be very disappointing for him. Because I think when he came in at the time that he did and everything... The way things were going no on. No one thought he had a match. You were you were ter- you were DMing me. It's like, what are they going to do with Samoa Joe at WrestleMania? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> You're like, well, they called him up before WrestleMania. They surely have a plan. It's like, can can you give them far too much credit? I just kind of thought with with uh, Balor being fit to go again, and the fact that they were kind of questioning whether you know Rollins can face Triple H one on one. I thought they were going to segue into a tag team match. That's where I got that from. So yeah, you, you worked yourself into a shoot there, Ken. This was a non-sanctioned match. Uh, it didn't have. I, I suppose. When I compare, like, when you label a match like that, you're always going to compare it to one, one non-sanctioned match, aren't you? Which also involved Triple H. The Shawn Michaels one, which was tremendous, because that's, it had Shawn Michaels in it. Exactly. That's the bar for non-sanctioned matches, and this was as tame as you get for non-sanctioned matches. Yeah, the match sucked. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, this, like if you watch the show, like, you could watch the show up to the ladder match, watching the matches, then watch watch John propose, because that's nice, then yeah. watch Lesnar Goldberg, and then watch Undertaker retire. That's yeah. like, that's the show. Skip the rest, because it sucks. Spoilers. Ken, these people are listening to a WrestleMania review podcast. They know what happened on this show. Maybe they want to hear our review first and then watch it like most internet fans. That, is that how... Did you just use the word internet fans, Ken? Yes, I did. In, In 2017. 2017. Do, you, do you realize there's like 4 billion people use the internet? I'm intent. Like, there is, there is literally, literally no such thing as a wrestling fan in 2017 that does not use the internet. Get over yourselves, people from 2005. In fairness, wasn't the worst match on the show, Rollins against Triple H. Because by God, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt took that one. Because this match, this match was terrible. And I was like going in, it's like, it'll probably be okay. You know, they'll have like a three-star match. It'll be fine. Nope. This match was woeful. And they put worms on the ring. Worms and maggots and cockroaches. Yeah, you could attest. I burst out laughing when they first put that. <laughs> it's just like, why? And the worst thing was, 
Randy didn't even sell it. No, it's what just like... the point of it? Yeah, okay. The referee jumped out of the ring scared every time. And then that was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Randy just looked confused more than anything. So to the point where when he got the pinfall to win the title, spoilers, he won the title. It's not a spoiler. It's spoiler. It's a review spoilers. show. You're spoilers. <laughs> so is your face. Anyway, the point is, when he actually won the title, he obviously looked a bit bemused by the whole thing. Yeah. So he doesn't care. This is the Universal... Uh, not the Universal... The WWE Championship. He's held this thing like six times or whatever. It's just like, oh, okay... <laughs> But going into it, like, do you know they had that feud where, like, he was... It was know, nonsensical nonsense. Basically, it was... As opposed to nonsensical I, sense. I watched a package, I couldn't stop cringing the entire time. Yeah, he, he gave up his WrestleMania shot, burned down his house, and then won his WrestleMania shot back, because it makes perfect sense. And his devious plan, I think they keep calling it. Yeah, and they were, like, they were presenting it as, like, you know, the master of mind games, Randy Orton. Is. Sorry, master plan. That's what his, his master plan to win the, uh, join the Wyatt, win the Rumble, give up his title shot, burn a house down, and then win his title shot back. That was his master plan, Ken. Getting his head, you see. It's mind games. There are a lot of variables in there that you cannot control. Uh, including winning the Rumble, winning your title back, a shot back, and even beating Bray Wyatt in the end. <laughs> he must have supreme confidence in himself. But I think... Back when this feud started, there was a simple story to tell with him infiltrating the Wyatts because, like, basically they were getting the better of him. Even then, I mentioned this in the preview podcast. Is he psychic? It's like that he just did he just join the Wyatts, waiting for Bray to win the title. It's like then, <laughs> then I shall strike. No, it started as a feud, and we know wrestling basically lives on coincidences. I I think basic. I preferred Randy Orton joining the Wyatts as just like oh, no, I'm bored. <laughs> that was basically like the. It's like okay, why not? I've I've nothing better to do at the moment. It's just like I'll hang around with you guys. There's a better story to tell there. Let me lay it out, Karen. Lay it out. And then kept on interrupting me. So, Randy Orton, obviously getting beaten down by the Wyatts. You know, mm-hmm. he can't beat him, join him type of deal. Gets a bit brainwashed. You know, not his former self. He's not the Viper. He's like a... You are very sleepy. Yes, that kind of thing. I'm once again doing um, um, visual humor on a podcast. But then, obviously, like, you know, and then, you know, basically being kept down by, by Wyatt, but then having that instinct to kind of be the Viper and be the champion and win, you know. And then kind of through the months where, you know, you see flashes of him kind of kind of going back to his normal self, but then kind of being re-brainwashed and stuff, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. And then... I don't come, think that's much better, honestly, though. No, but like... And then, you know, he basically WrestleMania comes and I think you put out a good scenario there where he, he promises to lie down for for Bray and then he doesn't and then it could this could have been a good match as well because they're two good guys I don't know they're not <laughs> Randy Orton could be the best wrestler in the world if he wanted to be but he doesn't he knows he'll be pushed as like an A- level guy no matter what the hell he does so he's just like why should I do anything and Bray can be good when he's against someone who's willing to like carry him basically but most of the time he's just like Ugh. so these two together were like a, a, a formula for just just woefulness and then they add the nonsense on top of it it's just like god this is dreadful as a pure wrestling match it wasn't really even worthy of, of main event I would say let alone anything else like, well would, would I, why would I put it I'd put it on like a house show in front of like 300 people and even then I'd be like I want my money back <laughs> can you even remember any of the match uh, I can't remember any of the match Randy won with an RKO probably who knows yeah speaking of good matches though Brock Lesnar beat Goldberg Goldberg's title reign has been a farce Ultimately stupid, but like they just went out there, they just did F5s and German suplexes and spears for five minutes and got out. This match is exactly what it should have been. I mean, there's a lot of questions. I mean, you were on a podcast as well, one for Voices of Wrestling, another cheap plug for you there. We plugged that like four times, so you know. Bang, bang. But you were on another podcast and you kind of, you guys made a point. There's a lot of questions and there's a lot of curiosity. 
about this match and what it was going to be. Yeah. And while a lot of people were, kind of, a lot of maybe more hardcore fans were a bit bemused by this match and thinking, why are we having this in 2017? At least it kind of generated that kind of buzz that people were curious to see what it would be. It was perfect. Basically, they did what they could do. They went balls to the wall straight away. Yeah. High octane, violent, and then got out. Yeah, just did all their moves and then Lesnar won. <laughs> so like, and Goldberg somehow didn't die. He took 10 German suplexes and he managed play to... to him. He took 10 suplexes. Like. He he looked like he was going to crumble into dust every time he took one, but he managed not to and maybe he did. Maybe we'll never see him again because like, he's not physically capable of doing this anymore. Maybe he wasn't physically capable of doing this in the first place. Nonetheless, perfect match. Exactly what it should have been. Unlike the dreadfully long Seth Rollins Triple H match, this is like, this is just a hoot. This is just a fun time. Just two big lads just dropping each other for five minutes yeah. instead of 25 minutes of Triple H just standing still, doing nothing in Triple H. And I had been getting, I had been getting kind of jaded by the basically Brock mauling people thing, yeah. but in this context it made perfect sense. I was okay with him walking away with the title. And I, I'm guessing, let, uh, I know obviously Goldberg has a rematch clause, and I'm guessing he's going to wave that or they're going to do that thing where they basically never talk about the rematch and just move on. Yeah. Though I will say, Lesnar's strategy in this match was basically to try what he did the first two times. Yeah. Fair enough, it worked this time. He survived, yeah. like, the spear and the jackhammer. But, like, he didn't really think much about it, did he? It's just like, oh, I've gotten defeated in the Rumble pretty easily and I got smashed at Survivor Series, so my strategy is just to charge him again and hope for the best. Maybe, Gar, his training was to be able to take those moves and kick out. I see. See? So he's he's built up a tolerance. Tolerance is what you're it. saying. Like exactly. calluses on his back from the jackhammer. It's basically if you take enough medicine, you're, you're going to build up like a resistance to it. He's basically built up a, an immunity, if you will, by taking so many jackhammers and spears that he's able to, to kick out of it. So you kinda, I think um, a lot of people make this comment as well. Basically, they had this match 10 years ago. Well, it's 13 years ago now, I think it is. Yep. And this match is what that match should have been then. So it's kind of writing that wrong. I think well, it, I think people would have hated that match then too. Yeah, but I think, well, that had mitigating circumstances where they were both leaving. But I think it, it tied it up in a nice way and, and it was actually, it created a WrestleMania moment that was kind of the... The most interesting thing here is Goldberg was roundly booed. Yeah. Which is surprising because like people, the audiences have generally reacted pretty well to him. But here it's just like, nope, having none of you tonight, Bill. I think there's two factors. I think... Smarter audience. Smarter audience. I, I don't mean that in the context anywhere, like, but you know what I mean. That's that's a third factor, actually. I didn't even think of that. There's a smart audience. It's kind of that WrestleMania audience that that's kind of lauded every year. Yeah, it I, draws I, further from hardcores. Yeah. But also the fact that people don't like seeing one-minute title matches. I don't care what fans they are. Nobody likes that shit. It feels like a rip-off. It feels like a rip-off, especially when you pay for pay-per-views or whether you're sitting in the arena or you're sitting at home. My, my ten bucks for the network. But also, people really like Kevin Owens, and they felt he got cheated by that. Hmm. Last, his reign was cheapened by that. So I think all that well, went his against reign Goldberg. was cheapened long before that. But it went against. I think all that's the one against Goldberg. Would you agree with that? Or yeah, and it's just like Bill. No one cares anymore. Bill, you've got a good run here. Just, just, just call it quits here. Thanks. I, I think he knows that too. The SmackDown women made the show in the end. They were bumped to the pre-show and returned to the show only to get five minutes. It was fine. Naomi had her moment. Yeah. I think basically this match was uh, putting right what went wrong because she got injured she had to drop the title hmm. and basically they're kind of putting a reset on that she got the title back by the way I predicted Naomi you predicted other I even gave you the, the vast scope of the other like 7 billion people in the world like I picked one person you technically picked 7 billion and you still got it wrong so they put the 6 pack challenge name on it very late on a lot of the talk about this match was any available person on the SmackDown open invitational yeah yeah so I thought they might throw someone in there but they didn't in the end uh, this match basically was 
basically set up to be double the length in terms of the content and I think that's why again it felt it was on fast forward and and the, like the I have very little doubt these these girls got time cut going out there like oh yeah like they they got to the ramp is like you had ten minutes you now have five go yeah I think this was definitely double length before the match uh, took place but there's nothing wrong with it I think that, like yeah it was perfectly even, fine even for the pace of it nothing was botched it all came off very well but I just think it, I don't think it did anyone any particular service other than Naomi getting her big moment yeah Naomi got her hometown win so yeah. in front of 70 well probably like 68,000 people as it will turn out and the main event the supposed passing of the torch as it turned out to be that was kind of the idea mm-hmm. uh, Roman Reigns defeated the Undertaker as most would have anticipated he did not turn heel he just he won <laughs> he, they, they did the like flair Shawn Michaels finish slash Undertaker Shawn Michaels finish where Undertaker was just kind of there like valiantly trying to stand up and Reigns is like I'm sorry I love you basically he's like sorry I loved you Tim and then speared him yeah, this, this wasn't he a super good match. scared him. He did the he hit the rope a few times, so he just like put him down. I'm pretty sure Undertaker was confused about what was happening there. Yeah. Um, this this wasn't good. Undertaker looked every bit his age, and no. more so than I think any at any stage in his career, he looked every bit his age because like uh, he he's he he's rickety, yeah. but very rarely sloppy. And yeah. this match was just no. I think like people, a lot of people say he looked emotional in the end. I think like Undertaker holds himself to a very high standard. I think I think he was upset with himself. I think he feels that that wasn't that, that kind of you, match. You could bloody well tell Reigns was upset with it. Yeah, and Reigns did not celebrate like a man who beat the Undertaker. He was—I don't think he was particularly pleased with how this match went. It was kind of anticlimactic at the point where he kind of it was twenty-three minutes too. Like this match didn't need to be that long. To the point where he kind of sluggishly and moodishly walked up the ramp, did the set piece where he had to do because basically he's like, "Do the pyro. We need you to do the pyro." He didn't look like he even wanted to do that. Yeah, but. Um, I suppose if we look in hindsight I mean you know everybody wants to see The Undertaker I mean it's one of the mystique of uh, one of the, the big things about Wrestlemania I think it's a privilege as fans that we got to see some of his best matches at Wrestlemania this, uh, this felt like a parody of those matches though didn't yeah. it and I, I, that's kind of been a case with basically every match since the streak is over mm-hmm. they've started feeling par- like parodies lesser parodies of course of The Undertaker's like Wrestlemania classics because yeah. they had the, those matches had a formula which worked for about, I don't know, five, six years and delivered some really great matches with Batista and Edge and Shawn Michaels and, and even the second one with Triple H. The first one with Triple H is a slog. The second one was good. I didn't care much for the Lesnar match, but the Punk match is great as well. And uh, and the, like the, this match felt like trying to do that and not being able to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, it's just, it didn't feel as definitive as it should have for The Undertaker's last match. It felt like... Because the, the I'm sorry I love you moment is iconic. You know, yeah. brilliantly executed. The jumping tombstone is just like, it's, it's over. It's like, this is the definitive, like, exclamation point on me ending your career. This match just felt like it ended on a bit of a whimper. It didn't yeah. really build up that momentum to the point where, like, the the story was, like, Undertaker kept on kicking out of, like, all these spears and Superman punches, and he kept on kicking out and kept on kicking out. But I don't think it ever really got to the point where they actually kind of captured that emotional crux. And I think a big problem with that, aside from, like, the streak is over, and people don't really care about Undertaker or WrestleMania as much as they used to. Yeah. And Reigns is just, like, nobody cares about him. Uh, like, people boo him, but I think they do more of that out of playing a role than, like, real animosity toward him. I think most people have moved just toward apathy. It's just yeah. like we we tolerate you, but as a character, you're just dead. That's like how I can't invest in him as a character anymore. He's just ugh. they weren't in the best of circumstances because post Triple H match, kind of the the and followed up by another 
basically shit show of a match in well, the WWE well, match. People say that. That's the Triple H excuse of, oh, I had to follow, you know, the crowd were dead, or I had to follow this good thing. No, but he killed the crowd. But, like, the people were super into Lesnar Goldberg. Yeah. So it's not, it's not like, you know, good content would have, wouldn't have brought them back in, but I just think Reigns is just so far past redeeming in his current state that he's still doing the same thing, and people are just like, ugh. I think your point is good, though, because the, the near falls felt a bit passe. They felt, okay, this is what happens in an Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I suppose... The it, random last-minute no-holds-barred stipulation as well. Yeah, and the, the cameraman... Yeah, they just threw that in. They just literally threw that in at the last minute. So people got going, is there something going on here? Or Yeah, I think they're just like, we need some shortcuts. Because Undertaker can't do it. Because apparently, apparently, behind the scenes, he was walking around pretty gingerly all week. Like, you know. Mm. I just feel like, I think... the and, and obviously, the fans kind of obviously knew that Reigns was probably going to win the match, but they didn't get any sense that this was going to be the Undertaker's last match. Yeah, that so, wasn't... A, like. It's funny, because like, going into the... The Shawn Michaels match, where like the, the the stipulation was he was going to have to retire. It's like no one believed it. Yeah. It's, it's like he's even he's losing. He's going to back for SummerSlam. He's he's going to keep on going. And it's like he hasn't been back since, and it's been nearly a decade. Yeah, but if you look at this, like if you look at like even back as far as SummerSlam when he faced Brock, I know that had crutches as well because they had kind of similar gimmicks. But mm. that match was good. That match had the kind of level of tension and kind of even the Shane. I like I really liked the Shane match last yeah. year. That, like, in the space of a year I don't know what's happened I suppose you know, his right. place, you know his... people will blame Triple H for killing the crowd and people will blame The Undertaker for being old but like I think Reigns will somewhat get away with this one even though I don't think he should yeah. because this is the second year in a row he's main evented Wrestlemania and the second year in a row he has all the excuses, excuses in the world for why the match was terrible and like last year Triple H dead crowd this year Undertaker dead crowd it's like Maybe, maybe the common denominator is people don't actually care about Roman Reigns. What is, I suppose, we talked about this a couple of times through our, our wrestling podcast. I think it, well, there's, there's a combination of things. I think people don't react well to being forced to to, to like someone. I yeah. mean, don't, nobody likes feels condescended to they one. I think wrestling fans want this kind of thing to happen organically, which is why Dan Bryan was such a sensation. Um, but also because, like, fans don't like being like condescend not, not condescend what's the word I'm looking for like the natural thing to do with Roman Reigns was to turn him heel because that's what the fan, where fans are going with like you know and like people would turn him face in six months people would like people yeah. would go full circle on Roman Reigns I, yeah. da- I guarantee it you do, you do a six month heel run people will want to cheer him again it's just like it's that easy just do it I, th- I think they feel f- fans feel insulted by him being forced down their throats but doubly insulted when they kind of we're trying to force him in a direction that might have rehabbed him and made him a valuable part of the the roster, and then basically kind of slapped in the face, kind of going, "You're stupid. You're going to like him, whether you like him or not. Yeah, like it or not. Like, he's yeah. going to be here, and he's going to main event. And like, uh, it's the John Cena thing. It's like any reaction is a good reaction. It's like, except John Cena is an actual star. People like John Cena. You know, people liked him before they turned on him. Yeah. That wasn't really the case with Roman Reigns as a singles wrestler. They liked him in the Shield, and I just think as a character, he's just deeply unlikable. He's the smirking and the nonsense and the oh, never taking anything seriously. It's just like I'm not going to invest in you. That's like uh, there's nothing to invest in. There's as again, there's, there's there's no emotional crux to Roman Reigns as a character. What was the story of this match? It's just like oh, this is my yard. I'm the big dog. It's like it's 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 not like you know oh there's, there's nothing there there's no emotion and even then the, cr- the crowd weren't sure how to take things because the Undertaker started doing his his 
in-ring eulogy as such. Is, yeah, is the, we, we, buried, we did bury the lead somewhat. We rested it in peace. This was, in theory, based on the end of the match, Undertaker's last WrestleMania match. Because the Undertaker took off his gloves and his, his, his coat and his hat and he laid them in the ring. Yeah. And apparently they stayed there for some time and basically kind of walked off into the sunset as such. Um, a lot of people kind of said they kind of loved that moment because of the emotion of the Undertaker and he broke kayfabe and all that stuff. Well, he didn't. But as I said, I, going back to what I said earlier, I think Undertaker... I think obviously he's up. Okay, it's going to be emotional. You know, your, your last match and kind of walking away from that, that what you've done for most of your life. But I also think there was, a, as I said, a, a hint of of anger at himself there because I don't think that was what he wanted it to be. You know, he didn't go out like Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns on the mind. Undertaker's legacy is like unquestionable, and like WWE will reverently protect that legacy because like it, it, he's one of the things that they're like this is the best thing ever it's the undertaker like they will protect his his legacy until the end of days but like people people aren't going to remember this match people will remember the moment because the moment was great of undertaker, undertaker basically saying goodbye at wrestlemania we'll see whether that's actually the case because wrestling has made us all cynical and he'll probably wrestle in a dopey tag match next year who knows yeah. and he'll be in the rumble anyway undertaker's legacy is is you know it's unquestionable his streak of matches at WrestleMania, and I don't mean the fact that he was undefeated, he had a killer match at WrestleMania basically every year for a decade unless he was in there with some useless lug. So, like, that's that's a that's a, a record that's not going to be... Well, it will be touched. But people will remember The Undertaker for how good he was, not this match. And, you know, sucks that this match sucked. But people won't remember it. People will move on. <laughs> Do you think if the streak was intact and they turned... Reigns heel either in the match or before when they should have this match would have been better undoubtedly one it would have had a real stakes because the streak would have still been there so people would have invested in it and two you would have a character you can invest in because you don't want to see Roman Reigns break the streak because you don't like him so that that's an actual story and then you have Reigns break the streak because Reigns is going to be the big, big, big star of this company for the next decade whether people like it or not he's going to be there so you know he would have been a better choice to break the streak than Brock Lesnar was but that ship sailed when Brock Lesnar inexplicably broke the streak so you know like yeah. Undertaker's last match should have been the streak being beaten yeah. and fair enough he has reached the stage in the last few years where he might not have been able to perform to that same standard but I think the aura of the streak would have carried those matches yeah. and I think in equal parts age has hurt his most, most recent matches as like the streak being gone because like who cares who, ca- who cares about that Bray Wyatt match you know it's basically like letting the air out of the balloon the tension was gone there's, yeah. no, there's, there's basically if and again you look back it's like that Bray Wyatt match was average but if the streak had been on the line and there'd been a near fall where Bray Wyatt could have beaten the streak stakes. I would have been into it like, yeah there yeah. would have been stakes there and like last year he basically just showed up to beat up Shane McMahon for fun that was, that was his story last year it's just yeah. like Vince is like you want to beat up Shane and it's like well, I don't know I'm not doing anything that day I, just, I suppose you know we, we don't need to go into that because you know it's been kind of well covered that like people are baffled by why Brock Lesnar needed to breach, needed to breach a streak sad I think this is the saddest I've ever been watching an Undertaker match not I don't think I was sad because I knew it was the end I think it, was it was just that tombstone spot like yeah. that, that that's that's what I'll remember from this match and not being able to get that tombstone spot right and it's just like yeah. oh you know no one wants to see that and I like I suppose you know it's true no you know everybody envisions them going up going out on top and being at, be- being at their best but it doesn't always happen that way, unfortunately. And I think I think 
this was the one too many WrestleManias for the Undertaker. Uh, mm. Even in the space of a few months, it's it's really degenerated. Like it's Roman uh, Reigns, as I said, Roman Reigns will get away with this. People will blame the crowd, they'll blame Triple H, and they'll blame the Undertaker. Roman Reigns will come out of this one like relatively unscathed. When I think he's an equal culprit here in this match not delivering. I think Undertaker knows the fact that not only because of his age, but because of the fact that they keep relying on him, that he's doing more damage than good at this point. Yeah, and he main evented, which was that should have set off alarm bells. That like, this is something's probably happening. Yeah, because they they didn't build this as Undertaker's last stand. The match was well, it was it was storied to be Undertaker's last. Should stand. they have? Should they have built it that way? I th- I think it would have been a more interesting build. The build was cut and paste Undertaker build, you know, with with mind games and finisher teases and sign stairs and Johnny Cash ripoffs that like cut and paste from the last like four years, just taking the same tropes of an Undertaker match and doing them again. But I mean, theoretically, if Undertaker said like this is going to be my last one, but how, how would you set it up if you're doing it that way? Just do just... a retirement match. Yeah, just like if you lose, you retire. Do set it up that way. For so Reigns goes. This is my yard. Like I, I would almost fit the roles because you know, people are always desperate to face the Undertaker. Yeah, I think the Undertaker in recent years at WrestleMania hasn't been himself, so the Undertaker is desperate to have that one last moment. So he says, "I want the he big guy." The, he wants the big dog. He wants the big dog. Woof woof. And Roman Reigns goes, "You know, I don't need, I don't need to prove anything to you." Yeah. And then Undertaker, you know, falls into that same pattern and kind of history repeating itself. Puts his career on the line for the opportunity to have that WrestleMania moment to right the wrongs of the previous WrestleManias or even the recent ones where he's looked feeble in the previous WrestleManias he's only lost once so no but you know he looked kind of feeble in the process and wasn't the Undertaker that we all know and love I mean like I I don't want to kind of pack ourselves on the back but I think I I think a lot of things went against this match it's kind of years in the making like you know big matches are years in the making but the failure of this match was actually years in the making as well I think that's kind of sums it up including three years of Roman Reigns being a character that sucks I mean, this is the third WrestleMania main event in a row, and uh, the second one. That's terrible. Seventy-five percent of them have sucked. Sixty-six uh, percent of them can get your maths right. Uh, do you know what? Uh, technically, I'm right because he had two matches at WrestleMania 31. That was one match. It's two matches technically. He just involved himself in it. Actually, Damn it. Is, is is that an actual thing? Like, that's I don't know. I, uh, w have a record book. We'll have to see that they include that as one or two matches. I think they include as two matches if I look at. But it like. How come both... But surely one match should have continued then. Surely the two matches should have then happened simultaneously. Why would one match suddenly end? We're questioning WWE's logic. We're thinking about this too much. WrestleMania. Good show up until the ladder match. Undertaker saying goodbye was cool. Brock Lesnar against Goldberg was great. And John Cena proposing was sweet. B minus, I would say. Yeah. Overall. There there was a little too many stinkers in there to give a hearty recommendation that this was like an all-time great show. But I think there, there was a damn fun show until... Triple H and Randy Orton showed up. It had that WrestleMania feel, though. It had a big feel. The set was great. The atmosphere. Set, the set was fun. I, I do have a problem. The globe didn't spin, but yeah. the set was one of the best sets they've ever done. It, uh, definitely. I mean, they hit a home run in that arena, or stadium, I should say, both times they've been there in the last ten years. Um, and I, and like, looking back, I mean, I would say like I wouldn't be adverse to watching it again. I think that's the kind of biggest barometer for WrestleMania. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back and watch like the Hardys make their return, and I'll go back and watch AJ Styles and Shane McMahon have a great match because suck it. And I'll probably like revisit Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton for how bad it is. <laughs> Why not? And like you can watch Brock Lesnar and Goldberg in five minutes. You yeah. can relive that like I don't know, like like six six times an hour. Or, taking or a poop Twelve times toilet. an hour. There you go, Matt. You're in a toilet. You need something to entertain yourself. That's WrestleMania. That's WrestleMania. A lot of good. Some utterly terrible. But enough good to make up for the utterly terrible. I'm kind of excited for the 
uh, the post WrestleMania reset that they're going to do tonight. It's always good to watch, and we might give our thoughts on that sometime, or separately, or together. Who knows? Well, you don't have a podcast anymore because you don't do it because you live in Balancholic. The weekend show will live again, Gareth. Ken it moved. will live again. I did move. It's a nice house. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, Ken has a house now because Gerard's a terrible puppy. She's not even a puppy anymore. She's like a dog now. She's a little puppy. She's not a puppy. She's, she's a dog. She's tiny, so she will forever be a puppy. Well, yeah, so I can punt her. Hashtag you love her. Hashtag I'll punt her. Punt her at the windmill. See how far she goes. Do, do you want to ask me if I have any plugs? Do you have plugs? Um, nope. Thanks for asking. Bye. End of podcast. <laughs>